Hi, my name is Jordan Lytle, and welcome back to the Collected Nonsense Podcast, the podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. With me, as always, I have my co-host, Zachary Bruno. Zachary, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Tired, but pretty good. So what have you been up to this week? Um, I hate it when I just forget, but uh, let's see. I, I know I wrote it down. Let me check. Sorry. Um, so this week I started mixing the first song of my friend's worship EP. I have some friends from Minnesota who are recording an EP. So uh, doing that and what else? What else am I doing? Lots of stuff. I am learning how to mix better, how to record better, pull some books out of the library. Um, I am off social media for this month. Um, so that's been nice. That's pretty much it, I think. That's all I can remember right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't been doing a ton of stuff. I've been, you know, pretty busy with, you know, work and other stuff. But uh, I hadn't been playing as many games this week or listening to as much music because in my free time I've been trying to catch up on rewatching the Star Wars movies since the new Star Wars movie is about to come out next week. And I'm going to go see it on Thursday, or next Thursday, not this Thursday. So I've been uh, watching through them, and I think I only have one left, but that takes a lot of time. <laughs> so that's been good. How do you like um, them so far? Like, I mean, this is probably your, like, like how, how, yeah. Yeah, so I watched them a bunch when I was a kid, but not as much recently. And I watched, like as a kid, I watched the prequels a lot more than the original because we only had the originals on VHS and we had the prequels on uh, DVD, which was just, you know, I had a laptop and stuff and it was easier to watch. I didn't have to wait until somebody wasn't using the TV. But so I got them all on Blu-ray now. And I was watching them in um, what somebody on the internet came up with and decided to call machete order. I don't remember why. I think it has something to do with whoever came up with it. Um, but anyway, basically instead of watching episode one, two, three, four, five, and then six, or watching four, five, six, one, two, three, you watch four and then five, and then jump back to two and then three and then six, and you skip one entirely. And the reason you do that is because normally if you watch episodes one, two, three, four, five, and six, then it's about Anakin's story, and it doesn't really flow very well. All the major plot twists get spoiled because you know that Darth Vader is Luke's father, Oh, spoilers, in case you haven't watched the movies at all. Uh, but anyway, it spoils everything. It, like The pacing feels really weird. By the time you actually get to the best movies of the series, five and six, um, then you're really worn out. Uh, so the idea is by watching, if you watch four and five, it's those movies are really about Luke. And then at the end of five, Darth Vader claims that he's Luke's father. And, you know, you think he's probably right, so you then flash back to episode two, because episode one isn't really, you know, that important as far story-wise. Like, there's some cool stuff that happens in it, but for the most part, like, it's not that great of a movie. Uh, then you watch two, and then three, and so by the time you hit the end of three, you do know that, you know, for sure that Darth Vader was Luke's father. And then you go right into six after that, and everything kind of wraps up. So... So far, it seems to actually flow a lot better and be a lot easier to watch that way. One of the things I noticed is that George Lucas is not a very good writer in general. Like, the writing in 4 
is not particularly good, but it's just kind of saved by the acting of everybody. And the acting isn't really that great in general, but it just works for that movie. And the special effects hold up pretty well. I mean, I'm watching the enhanced editions, but I've watched the original ones enough to know that like the stuff that wasn't modified still looks great. And actually the stuff that they inserted later looks worse than the original stuff, which is a bit of a pity, but still. And then, you know, five is much better written. If I remember correctly, it wasn't written by George Lucas, which shows the dialogue's much better. Everything flows significantly better. And then I went and watched two. And two is a, just a bad movie all the way around. Like, there's some really cool things in it. You know, it has Jango Fett, which is one of my favorite characters, which is really cool. But the special effects, like, I've seen B-movies with better special effects. They look terrible. They haven't aged well at all. The writing is some of the most awkward out of the entire series. It's just, it's bad. That, one's, that one was hard to get through. I think I watched that one over the course of a couple of days because I just didn't want to sit through it the whole time. Um, and then I went and watched 3, and 3 is still pretty good, actually. And the special effects were much better than the second one. Still not, they still don't look as good as, you know, the original ones, but it's pretty decent. And then I still need to watch 6 again, which has been my favorite for a while. I just haven't had time to watch it all the way through again yet. But yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, played a little bit more of Fallout 4, but not a ton. And noticed some things that I didn't like as much about it. So we can talk about that in a little bit. Uh, before that, let's talk about music. What, if anything, have you been listening to this week? Um, music, yes. Lots of stuff. Uh, lots of the same stuff. Lots of 21 Pilots and... Uh, Echo Smith a little bit just for reference tracks and stuff while I'm mixing, but nothing, nothing too much. It's not like anything fancy or actually, I should say uh, I should mention Jars of Clay's 1995 album. I did listen to that. That was interesting. That was kind of weird. I didn't really like it, but I picked it up at a thrift store in Colorado Springs. So I thought, hey, why not? You know, it was when I was born. But yeah, I've done stuff like that a couple times. Sometimes it works out most of the time it's like eh, i just I thought know. it'd be like good to have it you know it just seemed like a cool thing to have but yeah it can't hurt especially if it's a good deal yeah well, cool you haven't listened to a, a ton of music because you know like i was saying i've been pretty busy but um let's see what did i listen to listen to you know more Bruce springsteen and gaslight of course um yeah, the other day, I was just listening to random stuff on YouTube, listened to a bunch of System of a Down, which is kind of an acquired taste, but it's pretty good. Um, if if you have no idea who they are, they're a, I guess, metal band. I don't really know a ton about them, but, uh, you know, if you're just looking to go listen to a song, uh, Chop Soy is a good one. Chopped Soy. Yeah. Chopped soy. Okay. C-H-O-P-S-U-E-Y, I believe. That's a good one. Okay. It's, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> nice. I really like it, but it's kind of an acquired taste. Sure. Uh, and then I got off on a tangent and ended up listening to some Iron Maiden, because metal, of course. Um, uh, in particular, I really like the song Dance of Death, which is a really nice, like it starts out really quiet and builds like an eight-minute song, which, you know, I really like good 
you know, old metal songs that are really long and have multiple guitar solos. And, you know, that's exactly that. Um, so it's great. Um, let's see what else. Um, have I listened to anything else? I'm not actually sure that I have. I feel like there was something else. Man. I don't know, actually. So we'll come back if I remember anything else. What is the band of the week for this week, then? Because I know... Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay, well... Let's see. I was actually going to come up with something beforehand and then just was still thinking about it and hadn't come up with anything yet. So, um... What about that band that you just mentioned, the first one, with the song? It seemed like you were doing that at the beginning. Oh, System of a Down? Yeah. Yeah, System of a Down could be the band of the week. It, generally, I should probably know more about the band before they be the band of the week, but uh, I can quickly become educated. I'm going to cheat a little bit. Okay. Uh, System of a Down. Okay, so they're Armenian. So I guess technically it's a rock band, but um, they were they f- were formed in Glendale, California, but they're from not from California, I guess. Um, the the lead vocalist, uh, his name is I, I cannot pronounce his name for you know <laughs> for anything, but it's S E R J T A N K I A N. Um, he has he has some single or some solo stuff too that's really good. Um, Empty Walls is a really good song by him that I like quite a bit, uh, but I haven't listened to a ton of his stuff. Uh, yeah, but they formed the band in 1994. I don't know. It's it's really odd. So a lot of their music tends to be pretty political. Um, a lot of stuff talking about just different political issues going on. But it's also very, uh, the lyrics are always really strange and not always really clear exactly what they're talking about. Uh, it also tends to not be very clean in general. So if you're, uh, Chop Soy is actually fine. That one's clean, but some of their stuff tends to be a little language heavy and just heavy in general in terms of subject matter. Um, the One of the weird things about it is that their lyrics tend to be really hard to understand if you're not looking at the lyrics too because there tends to be portions of the songs where he sings it really quickly uh yeah so yeah they can be the band of the week <laughs> i was obviously very prepared today but you know what can you do yeah what so, can yeah. you do not a big deal man we yep. um i think we missed last week's podcast which i mean i don't uh, know if i would have had a lot to talk about but technically well did we did we because i don't know so i still have one in the pipeline to put out so it will actually have one posted last week which was from two weeks ago one will post this week oh well, actually okay. i guess two will post this week because i still have to finish this the other one and then this one will post so we're not that behind we don't. I mean, we don't. I'm. I'm really behind. We're not that behind. We pretend to be more on top of things than we really are. Yeah. Well, just because everything's been so busy, the whole like releasing one every Friday on the week then it records has kind of gone out the window until I can get back on track with editing stuff. So a little bit, little behind the scenes there. 
But yeah. Um, yeah. The, the only other interesting thing before we move on, I'm jumping around a little bit. The only interesting thing that happened this week is I got a, uh, I got a different phone, which is interesting uh, because I was, I really like, it's a weird tangent, but I really like messing with uh, Linux and, you know, alternative operating systems and stuff like that. And so I really like Ubuntu and I've used Ubuntu a lot and they have a, they've been working on an Ubuntu phone OS. And so I wanted to do some programming with that. So I got a Nexus 4, which is an Android phone and I put Ubuntu on it and I really liked it. Um, and so since the screen on my existing phone was broken, I just decided to switch to that phone. So, uh, I switched from Verizon to T-Mobile and I've been using that. Well, I switched from Verizon to T-Mobile today and I've been using that, which is actually kind of nice. It's, it's really weird because there's not that many apps for it at the moment. So a lot of the stuff is just done through web apps, but I have no problem with that. And I get more data with this anyway. Wait, so that's your only phone right now? Oh, I mean, there are three phones sitting right here next to me. This is the only one that's hooked up to anything. <laughs> oh, okay. So I guess you took it kind of like a risk. It's not that big of a risk because with... Okay, so one of the reasons why I wanted to switch over to it is because with Verizon, you have a SIM card, kind of, but if you want to use a phone with them, you have to bring the phone in and they have to... There's like a serial number on it. They have to look up. They have to add it to their database and associate your account directly with that specific phone which is fine, except that it's kind of a pain. They have certain phones that are approved, certain phones that aren't, and the, the number of phones that they they have approved for their service is, is a lot smaller than other services. And their network is CDMA. So there's two, there's two main network types. One of them is CDMA, and the other one is GSM. Um, so Verizon is CDMA. I guess it's Verizon and Sprint are CDMA. And AT&T and T-Mobile are GSM. So the advantage to using GSM is that instead of having to get a specific device approved and do, you know, jump through a bunch of hoops, I can, if I want to use another phone, I can buy any GSM phone that supports the bands that T-Mobile uses and just stick the card in it and it will work. And they don't care which device I'm using as long as I'm paying for the service. Right. So, like, it's not really a risk because... There are phones that are GSM phones that are like $50. And so if this just stops working one day, I can just go get another phone, plug it in, no problem. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to call them, nothing. Just stick the card in. Um, and it made setting this one up really easy. It I was there for less than 30 minutes. I, I just showed up, was like, hey, I want to transfer my number over. They're like, cool. Uh, just give me the pin for the for the number. Okay, here's a card. Stick it in your phone and make sure it works. I did that and it worked. Like they didn't care what OS was on it. They didn't care what it looked like. You know, nothing. They're just like go. Uh, that and the other th- the other thing is that it's running Ubuntu right now, but it's originally an Android phone, and I can put Android back on it if I ever need to. Oh, in okay. in less than an hour. So it so is kind of weird though because I'm using like, uh, it's like alpha software. <laughs> So there's still a few bugs here and there, but and you like it. Like how how different is it from like the iPhone? So it's this weird thing where it's kind of like the interface is somewhere between um I guess like BlackBerry touch interfaces and iPhone in the 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 home screen is more of like just a list of apps and then you actually have a dock. So if you swipe right from the left side of the screen, just um a very short swipe 
you actually get a dock like you would in you know Mac OS, like actual Mac OS. And so I can access that from any app. Um, and then if I swipe from the right side of the screen, I get a like, roulette thing of um, every running app, which is actually really nice because I can switch really quickly. I don't have to like double tap a button or anything to swipe right and then hit the button, um, which is really cool. It, is it's cool. pretty smooth. It's kind of nicely designed. It tends to run fairly quickly. I mean, the phone I'm running it on is like five years old, but it runs pretty quickly for the most part. Like, there's there's a few things that happen a little bit sluggishly, but that's because of the phone, not the OS. Um, it run, let me put it this way: it runs better than Android does. So, there's that. Um, it's not not exactly feature complete, but the the cool thing is because it's open source and everything. If there's anything that's missing. I can just go at it if I have the time. I mean, the keywords being if I have the time, but you know, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. The only weird thing is that because I have an Apple account that was tied to my last phone and like it's some sort of weird thing. I don't know if this will, this will stop at some point, but iMessages still go to my old phone and not, I don't get text messages to my phone so like when we were messaging back and forth talking about when we were going to do this today I was getting all those messages on my old phone that's weird and not on my new phone which is fine because I'm keeping my old phone around to listen to podcasts and stuff just because it has like it has more space and I have everything organized on it so it works fine oh the other advantage is that with T-Mobile I have essentially unlimited data that is pretty cool. Less what, money. How did you get that? <laughs> well, okay. So with T-Mobile, the way it works is they give you a, a set number of or a set amount of LTE data, which is like so. I think mine is six gigabytes for which I had one with Verizon for more money, which is ridiculous. Uh, but I get six gigabytes gigabytes of LTE, which doesn't really matter to me at all because I rarely use it for anything that where I need speed, and my this phone doesn't actually support LTE. But um, I guess it's LTE and 3G. And then after you use all of that up, it kicks you down to 2G. But the point is you still have data. And on top of that, if you're using things like Spotify, if you're streaming music or watching Netflix, it doesn't count against that um, data amount either. Huh. So it doesn't decrease the amount of data that you have left for the month and you know, it resets every month like normal. So... I mean, for me, that works great because most of what, most of the stuff I use data for is, you know, um, pulling up web pages and maybe getting on Facebook and Twitter. But most of it's doing stuff like getting directions, you know, looking up maps, checking where I'm supposed to be, stuff like that. And it's nice to have access to that no matter what, even if it's a little bit slow at times. Because before I would run, I would overrun the one gig limit. And then just have to turn my turn the data off on my phone until the end of the month and be like, well, I hope I don't need directions somewhere. Mm. Right. Sounds like so, a pretty good deal. That's in theory. Uh, we'll see. I, I I may come back in a week and be like, this was a mistake. But so far, the experience has been good. And the, uh, the service was good when I went to the store to get it switched over. It was super quick and painless. And then they charged me. They charged me like a ten dollar activation fee or something, which was like nothing. So, cool. Yeah. So yeah, th there's the technology tangent for the day. So yeah, 
Um, we should on. probably talk about games now. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was about to. T- <laughs> I was about to segue. Yep. Nice. Speaking of technology, let's talk about games. So, what if anything have you been playing over the past, I guess, couple weeks since we last talked? Um, I don't think anything. Nah, nothing. Nothing. You need to play some more games. Oh, okay. We do. I... We actually need to play Guild Wars 2. And I just started watching the video today, and that was pretty cool. Kind of made. Oh, me yeah, I still need to post the League of Legends stuff, too. Yeah, and League of Legends. Let's podcast episodes posted. Uh, Yeah, so quick tangent before I talk about most of what I'm playing this week. Because I haven't actually played this yet. It's been sitting on my desk. but um, So I signed up for IndieBox, which we talked about a little while ago. Which is a, IndieBox is a company that... Uh, makes boxed collector's edition versions of indie games. And indie games normally don't have box releases at all. And so they'll send you a box. It has a USB stick in it with the game on it and a printed manual and then a whole bunch of like random swag and stuff like that. So I signed up for it. And it was, I signed up for like six months of it or something um, because I wanted to get a few of them because I like boxed copies of games. Um, and so the, I got the first one here right next to me and i i got it a few days ago um and this month's game was freedom planet which i have never played but it feels a lot like sonic kind of in the way that it plays um and it's super cool as far as like the uh, the game itself i haven't i played about 30 minutes of because i was short on time but the box itself is you know decent quality it's kind of the same same kind of thing you'd expect to get in a, a store release, and it's just got a bunch of you know random little stuff in it that I pro- will probably never use, but is cool to have. Um, there's a marble style thing that's supposed to be something from the game, but I haven't played the game yet, so I have no idea. I have a like three disc, three discs, yeah, three disc soundtrack, like the full official game soundtrack, um, hard copy, which is super cool manuals you got the soundtrack that is awesome yeah no it's really cool the soundtrack uh like vinyl stickers a wallet which i will never use but it's still a cool thing to have and then of course the actual copy of the game um but i don't know it's it's a little pricey because it's like 15 bucks a month but it's really cool i'm trying to actually put this back in the box now but all that anyway that's a cool thing um yeah if you have the money you should do it if you don't then don't of course but yeah, it was a cool thing. I really miss having box copies of games and getting, you know, actual box copies. There's something cool about going to the store and buying a game just based on the cover of a box and you know sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's it's kind of cool to see something about actually, you know, opening up the box and unpacking it for the first time and then putting the disc in. That's just really nostalgic, I guess. So yeah. That, that's cool. Uh I hope at some point I'll get some games that I recognize that you know like oh man you know 
I it's really cool to have a box copy of Braid, even though I think those are actually out there already, but in something like that where you know I would normally get a box copy of it. But yeah, so that's cool. Um, and I played a little bit more of Fallout 4. I don't know if I mentioned last time, but I modded it to get rid of all the carry weight. I think we actually we talked about it last time. I talked about how frustrating it was. So it was like one of the first things when I started playing it afterwards is I just removed the carry weight restriction. So I think I have like 10,000, I can carry like 10,000 pounds of weight at any given time, which just means I'm running around with, you know, a warehouse full of things in my pockets, apparently, which is just amuses me and is way less frustrating. Um, but I don't know. One of the things I run into is that just like the pacing of the game is not that great in some places. Some of the side quest, a lot of the side quest stuff feels really repetitive for whatever reason. Like there's some really good side quests hidden in there, but there's also a lot of stuff where it's just like, oh, okay. Or like a lot of the faction quests where it's like, okay, go to this place, kill this many things, come back. And then you talk to the next guy and they tell you to go to the same place and do the same thing or, you know, it's a lot of the same kinds of things. And, you know, there's a lot of base building stuff, which is kind of cool, but has no real bearing on the game whatsoever. It doesn't seem to give you that much of an advantage. Like you can call it like if you have a ton of settlements, you can call in people to help you out. But it doesn't seem to do a whole lot. I don't know. It's one of those things where the game is really, really good, but it could be even better. I still think in general that uh, Fallout New Vegas is a better game, it's, and it's more, I guess, Fallout-y. It's more like some of the original stuff, and it's more of an RPG, I guess, which there are pieces of that that I really enjoy. The writing was better, but uh, there's a lot of really cool things in this game. Like, I really like the ability to mod weapons. I mean, you could mod weapons before, but being able to be like, oh, I, I can, you know take this thing that was this really dumb pistol and turn it into a sniper rifle or a machine gun or a submachine gun or you know do all sorts of crazy stuff with it that stuff's really cool but I don't know I think I'm like 20 something hours into it and haven't hit the end of the game yet which is fine it's just I only have so much time I can play an hour here and there but yeah I don't know it's pretty good See, play anything else? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. We'll come back to that, if anything. I saw something interesting in the news, and that was that. Uh, have you ever played the game Psychonauts? I have not. Okay, so that's a really good game. It was made by Double Fine. Um, the basic premise of the game is that you were a kid who is like psychically gifted, and he is sent to a summer camp for, um, like, these people who have mind powers and stuff. And so you're you're kind of taught how to use them. Um, and then, of course, something goes wrong and you have to save the entire camp, essentially. It's great. So, like, a lot of the levels, in, you know, involve you going into people's minds and then the level is inside their mind. And you have to, like, fix, the, fix like, problems with their mind in order to beat the level and stuff like that. It's really great. And for the longest time, so this game came out in 2005, so 10 years ago, and they haven't been able to make another one since then until now. They're now making Psychonauts 2, um, but they're crowdfunding it, which is what makes me a little not as excited about it. 
um, they're crowdfunding it through Fig, which I think we talked about a little while ago. Um, let's see. Yeah, so so far they've raised two million out of their or two million and ninety thousand and some change out of their three million goal, which sounds a little low to me. So I'm kind of wondering if that's actually all of the money for it, if that's only gonna be part of the budget. But yeah. Hmm. Does that cover like production costs and Well, okay, so to put this in perspective, the last game that they made, they raised two million for, and that was Broken Age, which is a significantly smaller game than the original Psychonauts was. Um, and just smaller in, in terms of scope and in terms of, you know, it was 2D and not 3D, so there's less art to do and less voice acting and stuff like that. And the original Psychonauts um, was 3D and, you know, had a lot of levels and a lot of voice acting and a lot more writing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Here, I'm actually actually reading the page. Um the original Psychonauts had a budget in the 10 to 13 million range. So they're actually uh, gathering money from external investors and they have some money that they have saved for this project specifically as well. So that'll work. I, I just find it kind of odd. The whole crowd, crowdfunding thing seems kind of odd to me. I think it's, I would say it's probably more of a marketing tool than anything else. That sounds right to me. It does seem like a good way to get people excited about it and, you know, get some cool rewards as part of it. Um, I'm not always big on crowdfunding campaigns because a lot of times you'll pay for something and then it comes out and you're like, that's not really what I wanted. Um, yeah. So, let's see. That sounds cool. Is that... Um, what kind, Like, what kind of game is it? I'm kind of just curious oh okay yeah so you should i should explain like what it's a it's kind of a third person action kind of thing so you kind of water around the world in third person there are you know it's semi-open world in that there are you know multiple levels that you can kind of wander around which work as kind of a hub so you can kind of wander around the summer camp do various things there there are kind of like quest style things that you have to do like you're told to go do certain things or you can collect certain numbers of things but the main meat of the game is that to advance the story, you'll have to go to a specific character and enter their mind and then complete a level there. And so that involves using your psychic powers. Like you can, you know, catch, uh, cause things to catch on fire. You can pick things up and move them. You can throw things. You can uh, blast things with your mind somehow, I guess. Um, you can fight enemies and do various things. So a lot of the time, most of the, of the levels involve either solving some sort of small puzzle or fighting your way through a lot of enemies um, in a creative way, doing some platforming, because there's some platforming too. What's that? Uh, what? What's that? What's oh, platforming? platforming? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's stuff like you, you'll have like an obstacle course of sorts where there'll be a lot of different things, you know, enemies flying through the air or platforms floating in the air, and you'll have to jump from one to the other, um, Sometimes you'll have like rails that you can kind of grind on. Um, so you'll have to like slide from one area to the other, or make certain jumps, um, climb up walls and stuff like that while avoiding enemies. 
It actually, generally, I don't like stuff like that, but in Psychonauts 1, it was pretty fun. I played through Psychonauts a couple times. It's pretty good. Sounds interesting. Yeah. You should definitely get the first one to play it if you haven't already, because it's really good. So, any other games that you've been playing, Jordan? I don't think I've been playing anything else. I'm just kind of I'm kind of looking through what you know what news is out there. I'm I'm mostly been playing you know because Fallout Four is such a big game. There's not a whole lot else to do. There's some DLC that's been released for um, The Witcher that I've been wanting to go back and play, but I just really haven't had time. And thankfully, there's not a ton else coming out right now that I'm super interested in. I kind of felt like I might want to play some Black Ops Three at some point, but um. Just not super into it. Well, I, I'm not excited about it enough to stop playing Fallout 4 to go play it right now. And yeah, uh, Tomb Raider also came out recently, but not for PC. So I will play it when it comes out for PC. Um, I don't know if you've ever played any of the Tomb Raider games. I haven't. So those are also so those are. Uh, let's see, I haven't played very many of them. I, the original one. You uh, played this archaeologist who would, I guess, uh, she she wandered through tombs and raided the tombs, I'm assuming. But the, the each tomb was some sort of puzzle. So you had to do, you move things around, climb on boxes, pull switches, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like in, female Indiana Jones, kind of. Um, so the only one I played all the way through was uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was supposed to be a, like a remake of the original. And that one was all right. Um, and then I've... I played a bunch of the last Tomb Raider game because they rebooted it a few years ago. Um, and that was more of a third-person shooter than, like, a, a puzzle game. I mean, there's some third-person shooting in the other ones, too, but that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was, like, solving these puzzles in these tombs. So it was more third-person shooting and less puzzle solving. And so the reason... And that was something I didn't really like about it because the third-person shooting felt kind of generic to me. Like, it wasn't a bad game. I just didn't enjoy it that much. But the reason I'm interested to play this new one is that, from what I've heard, it's balanced out a lot more where there's both third-person shooting and quite a bit of puzzle solving, too. So, it seems pretty cool. It sounds kind of fun. Sounds like a Portal-type game to me. Uh, I didn't really get a Portal vibe from it, but there's definitely some puzzle solving in it. When everything goes on sale here in a bit... For the like, I'm assuming there's going to be another Steam Winter Sale, like there pretty much always is. Then might be a good time to pick up. Like I guess the anniversary will probably be like three dollars, and you could probably pick it up and play it. And okay. that's old enough; it'll probably run on pretty much any hardware. Is it a Steam game or something? Else? Yeah, so they have all of them except the newest one on Steam, and the newest one will be released for PC sometime like quarter one, 2016. So and like uh last in the last sale the entire pack was on sale for like sixty bucks or something like that super reasonable but I'm not sure all of them are worth playing necessarily so it'd be better to buy them piecemeal like buy one of them play it and if you hate it then don't buy the rest of them I liked anniversary well enough it it has some super frustrating things because it it does have a lot of platforming in it too where you're just like okay you're in this tomb and you have to jump from 
you know, this thing to this thing. And, you oh, know, I hate that. Shimmy a slide uh, along this wall. Like, there are bits of it that are actually really great because it's like, okay, you have to look at this tomb and figure out, okay, there's a switch on the ceiling that I have to climb over and grab and pull that down. And you have to figure out what order you have to do everything in, which is kind of interesting. But at times, like, you'll be like, okay, I got this all figured out. And then you just can't do it. And you got to try it over and over and over again. That sounds like Portal to me. I don't know. I guess you'll have to play it because I, I, I didn't think of Portal when I was playing it, but then it's just such a different style of game that that might have been, you know, I, in terms of you're trying to solve the puzzles, it's probably the same kind of thing where it's a lot of, in some cases, trial and error, um, but it doesn't move quite as quickly as Portal does or control quite as well, <laughs> but it's still good. But yeah, there's not a whole lot else. Let's see. I feel like there was some news that happened that I just missed. Yeah, I know. I feel that way too. But I haven't been paying tons and tons of attention. I usually find out stuff by listening to other podcasts, but I've been going through uh, Giant Bomb's back catalog. So I've been in, uh, <laughs> I think I'm still in 2009 at the moment. Nice. That's, but considering I started at the beginning of 2008, I've made some progress. Um, but, you know, I can tell you about stuff that happened in 2009, but. What happened in 2009? Well, let's see. Uh, I guess they were still talking about. They released an expansion pack for Grand Theft Auto 4. They released a bunch of, like, little random games that were really impressive at the time, but not so much now. Like Flower. Like, nobody talks about Flower anymore. And I've played it once but i remember nothing about it like it was kind of an artsy game at the time and it was like oh it looks so great and now it's like yeah i mean the main thing about it was that it looked really pretty and it really doesn't anymore like it doesn't look bad but it's just not no longer impressive uh a bunch of crazy stuff happened in eve online which kind of never changes that's something that still happens um oh man they were talking about. They were still talking about uh, Xbox 360 versus PS3, and you know how one was better than the other. I guess one th- one interesting thing I noticed listening to it is they were talking about how there really was no at the time there wasn't that much of an advantage to playing things on PC because you got a little bit of a better resolution, but the frame rate would then tank pretty much no matter what hardware you had, just because the console hardware was pretty much uh, comparable to whatever you'd get on PC at the time. And it was optimized for consoles. Like now, if you've got a decent PC, it'll completely outstrip anything a console could do with much better frame rate and everything. Because like at the time, sometimes you'd play stuff on PC and it'd be at a worse frame rate. But now, like, you know, Fallout 4 runs at sub 30 frames a second on on consoles at times. And, you know, on PC, you can generally get 60 frames, 1080p 60 with just kind of mid-range hardware. Although there's some performance issues here and there, but um, I mean, for the most part, it's pretty good. Well, as far yeah, huh. I don't remember a whole lot of other like crazy stuff that happened. It's just a lot of oh, this small game came out here, and a lot of fighting games came out in '08 and '09. They were talking a lot about uh, is it <sighs> Street Fighter? Street Fighter came out either in the end of 08 or early 09. And they were talking a bunch about that. Um, but I don't really play fighting games, so that wasn't all that interesting. 
Yeah. I don't know. Not huh. a ton happened. Actually, I'm sure a ton did happen, but I just don't remember it. <laughs> to be fair, in 08, let's see. It's 2015 now. That was seven years ago. I was 13 at the time. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. It's always kind of interesting just like going back and seeing, you know, what you missed while you were yeah. alive. Well, I've noticed a few things. So like uh, as a result of listening to the podcast, I um, discovered uh, Bully, which is a game by Rockstar, the people who made Grand Theft Auto. And I think I've mentioned it on here before. Um, I still haven't beaten it, but I got most of the way through it. It's kind of a game in the style of Grand, the- of Grand Theft Auto, except that instead of being a you know car thief, running around in a city, you're a uh, a kid at a boarding school, you know, running around taking people's bikes and running around town and doing stuff, dealing with school politics and all sorts of dumb stuff. And it's great. It's a great game. You got a slingshot, you shoot at people, bottle rockets, spray paint, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that's a good game. But yeah, so I, I've definitely noticed a few things where I was just like, oh, I didn't remember that that happened. And I, I just wasn't paying enough attention at the time because I think, I think in 08, I only had a Game Boy and that was it. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was good times. I never had a Game Boy, but I remember you having one. Yeah, I didn't even have that many games for it. I think I had <laughs> Lego Star Wars Yep. and Super Mario and like that was about it. So I didn't really get into games much until I started playing stuff. I mean, I played a bunch of stuff like Flash games and stuff on PC, but um, yeah. Well, eventually, once I guess about that time, I would have been when I got my computer and started playing some more games. I played. That's probably about when I started playing Portal, which was then kind of, which was my introduction to PC games. I played Portal and then Half Life Two after that, and then let's see. I think about that time I ended up playing Modern Warfare Two as well. No, that it could not have been about that time. It would have to have been later because they were still talking about Modern Warfare 1. And, uh, oh, they were talking about Black Ops, actually. Or wait, were they? No. They were talking about World at War because Modern Warfare 1 came out and then World at War came out in 08. And so they were talking about that. So Modern Warfare 2 hadn't come out yet. So, um, yeah. So had I played Portal yet? Yeah, so I played Portal. I'm trying to remember what games I've played at what age now. It's, it's really hard to remember. Because I played Portal shortly after I got my laptop, which was when I was 12 or 13. And then my uncle got Modern Warfare 2 for his PS3. And I played through the entire game uh, at his house. And really liked that. Like It was a good game. I never played the original Modern Warfare. Still haven't. And then, like, that was what got me interested in first-person shooters, like, actual first-person shooters, and I went back and played Half-Life 2, then the original Half-Life, and then a bunch of indie games. And that's kind of what kicked off my interest in PC games, which is fun. And then I still never had a console until, I guess we got the Wii at some point. I don't remember when, but um, that doesn't really count. I guess. I mean, technically it's a console, but I didn't really play much on it. I didn't get my own console until 
like two years ago when I bought an Xbox 360 before the Xbox One came out. But yeah. I don't know. Like, do you remember what the, I guess, first few, like, ga- actual PC games that you played were? Uh. Man. No, there was Civilization 4. That's the first one I can think of, but I don't remember. I know there was other stuff before that. Oh, yeah. I definitely played Age of Empires 2. Age of Empires I forgot about Age of Empires 3. Yeah. Age of Empires 2 and Civilization I all played before I played Portal, but those were always on other people's computers. Um, They weren't, like, the first things that I owned. Like, Portal was the first one that, like, I owned, and I didn't even buy it. It was free. Because they just ported it to Mac, and they were like, "We're gonna make this free for everybody." Because Steam is uh, Steam is on Mac OS now, so I grabbed that. There was this Lego game that I had. I forget what it's called. It was this Lego game. Island. Lego Island. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, uh, it was. I think the most memorable part for me was there was this part where you would click on the application, and if the disc wasn't in. They would pull up this like black screen with scary music. It freaked me out a couple times. <laughs> I didn't know it would do that. Yeah, I, I found a copy of that a while back and tried playing it again, and I was, like remembered it being so great and being so super cool. And then I tried to play it again. I'm like, wow, the controls are awful. This is really hard to play. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me though. Great. We also used to play. Um, you had at some point Lego Drum Racers. Yes. I have a copy of that on my shelf now. Are you serious? Because I found it. Yeah. Nice. And it actually still runs. Sweet. Is it fun still? Uh, it's all right. Like all right. it's not bad, but it's not amazing either. But we'll have to play it sometime. Uh, we should. Like, I, I don't Texas. have it anymore, but yeah, yeah. I don't even know if you can play it online, but you can play it local multiplayer because that's what we used to do. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> it's just sitting on my shelf at the moment. But it was one of those things where I think I saw it at a half price books or something. It was like I remember that game, and I just hadn't seen copies of it anywhere else, and just went ahead and grabbed it. But yeah, I still have that and a copy of Age of Empires 3, original Halo. And then, yeah, because I like box copies of games. I've got a few others that I picked up after buying the original. So I've got a box copy of Half-Life and both its expansions. And it's fun times. Yeah, good stuff. We need to play some... Um, have, have you ever played... I don't know if I played this with you. I know I played it with a couple of my other friends. Have you ever played the uh what's the mod called? Um ah. So there, there's a mod called Synergy for Half-Life 2 and I keep wanting to say that. What is it? Um I haven't played Half-Life, so Oh, you haven't. No. Okay, so we we need to at some point. We should, um, yeah. Cuz there is a mod which I played a ton of the original Half-Life, I played through it multiple times. Um okay, it's called Sven Co-op. That's what I remembered. So what we used to do, and probably the most amount of time that I spent in Half-Life, there's a mod called Sven Co-op, which um, was originally, like, somebody wanted a, a co-op campaign for Half-Life, and so they made a mod for it, where you could connect to a server and play through a co-op. Because, you know, they had multiplayer where you could play Deathmatch and stuff like that, which is alright. But somebody wanted something where you could play through a co-op, and so they eventually added a, the ability to play through the entire campaign and the campaign for uh, Opposing Force... 
I don't, and they were planning to add the campaign for Blue Shift, but I don't know if they ever did. But it, we would, you know, get on and just play through the entire game in like one sitting with, you know, three or four people. And, you know, you could play through and they, they had a- added additional weapons and updated some stuff. And that's great. So, yeah, let's see. Half-Life should be super cheap now, too. Um, but, yeah, it's great. Nice. Okay, I guess Half Life is ten bucks right now, but w- whenever the Steam sale rolls around, I'm sure it'll be like three dollars. It, it's one of those games where, when I originally saw it, I was like, "Man, the graphics look really bad. I don't know if I want to play this game." And then I just, and then I played Half Life Two and was like, "Okay, Half Life Two is so good that I have to go pl- back and play the first one." So I did, and then I just as soon as I started playing it, I no longer cared about the graphics because the game was so good. And then that's what actually convinced me to go back and play Doom because I thought the same thing when I saw Doom. I was like, man, the graphics look really bad. I don't want to play this. And then after playing Half-Life, I kind of realized, you know, graphics really aren't as important as the gameplay. And so I played Doom, and that is now my favorite game. So (laughs) there's that. But yeah. I don't know. Doesn't look like there's a ton happening right now. Hmm. Well, we may go ahead and wrap it up. We've kind of uh, rambled for about 50 minutes now. So, um, so Zachary, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Even though you're taking a break right now. When sure. you get back, where um, will they be able to find you? If I get back. If you get back. If I get back. Let's just say that. No, um, but I don't know. What we'll see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zachary Bruno, and check out my old tweets because I'm not tweeting right now. So you might as well just go through the entire catalog. Um, of like all tweets. of them, retweet. Yeah, like and retweet. Of course, I mean that's a no-brainer. No, but um, then you can go on my SoundCloud if you want to check out my ambient stuff there's some stuff there at koi reef k-o-i-r-e-e-f and um i have like a ton of other soundcloud accounts i think i have like six accounted one time it's insane Uh, it's quite a few yeah but anyway so anyway what, what about you jordan uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lytle Jordan, L-Y-T-L-E-J-O-R-D-A-N, and that's about it. So, uh, if you want to find more episodes of this podcast when they eventually get released, <laughs> you'll find them at CollectedNonsense.com, and uh, you can also find them on iTunes by searching for Collected Nonsense. So yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I will talk to you next week. <laughs>